Boy, what a difference a month makes. Here in Los Angeles, the pandemic has definitely taken a turn for the better. The New York Times is reporting an average of only two daily cases per 100,000 people here in L.A., and there have been only five deaths in the past week. Good news all around, and the reason why things here are really starting to open up again. It has me thinking about what the future has to offer for the first time in a really long time. Small businesses, especially in food services, were clobbered by COVID, but as the world gets better, things are beginning to change. It's possible to go sit down inside a coffee shop, although still at a controlled rate. We can go meet others who've had their vaccine and not have to wear a mask anymore. An excellent turn of events, although I admit I'm still going to be careful when I'm out in a busy public place. And I actually allowed myself the luxury of a handshake and an off-Zoom happy hour with a friend the other day. My hope for the near future is to see those businesses that have survived this long start to see their world come back and that new businesses start to feel confident to open up and give it a go again. I also hope that the trend of having more outdoor spaces dedicated to things like outdoor dining continues beyond the pandemic restrictions. Because while it's a small thing for most of us, it certainly adds a more pleasant experience option to our lives. Just think, something good coming out of all this misery. Now, have you been able to start opening up your life again? What's the relief valve you've turned in your life to get going these days? Whatever that may be, we should all be sure to go out when we can and in the safest way possible, patronize those local businesses we care about. They need all the love we can offer them right now. Annie Choi is the owner of Found Coffee, a specialty coffee shop in the Eagle Rock neighborhood of Los Angeles, which recently celebrated its sixth year in business, despite the pandemic. Prior to being an entrepreneur, Annie worked in television post-production on notable shows such as Keeping Up with the Kardashians and Project Runway All-Stars. She loves telling stories and has a passion for gathering community. On her days off, she enjoys traveling, cuddling with her pop, Frankie, and going to other coffee shops while she's reading nonfiction literature. My guest today is Annie Choi. Hi, Annie. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Tell the uh, audience a little bit about who you are and what you do. Um, I am a small business owner. I own a specialty coffee shop in the Eagle Rock uh, neighborhood of Los Angeles. It's called Found Coffee. And actually, this past weekend, we're recording in in mid-April, but this past weekend, we just celebrated six years of being in business. And so that was a big victory. <laughs> awesome. That's yeah. terrific. Yeah, especially the way the last year's gone, I bet. I feel like after the last year of running a small business during the pandemic, that in and of itself is a victory and cause for celebration. And <laughs> yeah. uh, it just it felt like... Uh, just a huge sigh of relief to even get to six years. Uh, do you do you roast your own coffee? No, so we're actually known to be a multi roastery, which means that I carry different roasters. Um, and okay. my mission and vision for the shop is that we carry California roasters only, 
And during the pandemic, we actually had to pivot as all businesses had to pivot. And so I actually started a travel series of roasters. And so I, I diverted a little bit from um, carrying only California roasters only. And so right now we okay. carry two international roasters just so that we can, you know, allow our customers to feel like they're kind of traveling in a time when we can't. And so I have a roaster from Munich and I have a roaster from Copenhagen. So that's been really fun too. Neat. Neat. Mm-hmm. How do you find how do you find a roaster? Do you go out and interview different companies? How do you do it? I love uh, actually owning a small business. You'll have a lot of um, people who send you samples, but um, I'm pretty particular Mm -hmm. about who I carry. And it's just basically um, anything that I serve, I have to like. And so uh, I, I, you know, these are roasters that I've known for many, many years. These are some roasters that I've um, been introduced to just through samples. And so, yeah, it's been kind of a, a mixture of how I select roasters. Um, one of my mainstay roasters is Demitas, And uh, that's actually where I had my coffee training. And so um, I will always carry Demitas. And so, yeah. Okay. What do you mean when you say coffee training? Oh, so... I, just to give a background on, on my personal history, I actually didn't start in coffee. I used to work in the television post-production industry. Ah. And so I worked on some pretty well-known television shows in reality TV. And so I, um, my last, uh, shows in the industry were keeping up with the Kardashians and Project Runway. Okay. And so I worked in, um, in editing. And so I didn't know anything about the coffee world except that I I just loved being in coffee shops. I love the ambiance of coffee shops. And when I um, entered into uh, the coffee industry, I didn't know what it was to be a barista. And so I had to learn, you know, from the bottom up. So I remember my first shift uh, as an intern at Demitas, I actually washed dishes for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's, that's from the much, bottom up yeah that's very much part of the training and what i still do to this day as an owner and yeah. so um you know i learned how to steam the milk correctly i learned how to pull an espresso shot i learned how to brew the coffee in different ways in addition to how to clean the machines correctly yeah. you know how to clean the shop correctly all of okay. that so that's that's the coffee training that i okay. got what made you decide to leave the entertainment business to go into coffee? Entertainment industry was definitely not congruent to who I was. I actually did not thrive as an individual staring at a screen for 12, 14, 16 hours a day. Okay. And I realized I was a lot more social than uh, what an editor's <laughs> life was actually. So, yeah. you know, instead of being in an editing bay for so long, um, I actually love connecting with humans. And when I think back to the, my, my career in the entertainment industry, I think fondly of the people that I worked with. Yeah. But I don't really, you know, I didn't yeah. love the technical aspects of editing and all of that. Did you train for that in like school or uh, is that what your plan was? Yeah, yeah, I was a communications major. I graduated from UC San Diego. And in my last year at UCSD, okay. I took an editing course. And I was like, Oh, this is great. I think this is what I want to do. And then I ended up going to a trade school for editing. 
and I treated that as my grad school. And so I had the training um, in Avid and, and Final Cut Pro. Okay. Um, and then I, I entered the industry. Okay. And coffee was just your first love, and that's how you uh, found your way over to there? You know, I I just always loved being in coffee shops. It was my hobby, you know, coffee shop hopping, checking out different ones. Okay. Um, it, I wouldn't call it a first love, but I think I always wanted to open a coffee shop, uh, you know, throughout my life. I just didn't know how to. And here you are. Yeah. So you've been in business for six years. How... How was the business doing prior to the pandemic? It was uh, thriving. I was really grateful. You know, um, definitely first year is really, really hard just in any small business. Mm -hmm. But once we had hit that two-year mark, I think um, I was like, okay, I think this can can definitely be successful. Um, because if you, I don't know if you know this, Jeff, but about like 90% of food businesses fail within the first two years. Wow. That's a high number. Yeah. So after we, you know, surpassed that two-year mark, I felt successful from that status point. But then also, I remember when I um, actually hired managers at, you know, about a year and a half in, that's when I also knew that I was, you know, on the way to success too, because I didn't have to be there every single day all day, every day. And so, you know, we were doing really well. Um, We're the only specialty coffee shop in Eagle Rock. Okay. um, In this little neighborhood. And so that goes for us, you know, that's, that's uh, definitely a great thing going for us. Okay. Um, And then the pandemic hit and it was really tough. Yeah, I'll bet. Um, Do you have like a food service in the coffee shop as well? Or do you just do cakes or so we carry, um, we don't make any food on site. And so we carry most okay. uh, all third party vendors. And so we have a pastry vendor that delivers to us every day. Okay. And, and um, Eagle Rock is mostly residential. Talk, talk a little bit about the neighborhood and what the makeup of it is. Yeah, Eagle Rock is um, full of creatives. I did a lot of research going into uh, before opening the shop. And okay. um, it's a lot of young families. And so, you know, parents need coffee, yes. um, especially with young kids. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and there's a lot of creatives, a lot of young professionals. And so I knew that um, the space would allow for like people who um, needed to meet with other people, have meetings there inside the shop. You know, um, I didn't reach out, you know, particularly to the student population, but there are a few colleges nearby, too. And so we have a smattering of students. That oh, come- okay. That come through, yeah. So uh, again, before the pandemic, were you seeing a lot of people who were just kind of settling in and working from inside the coffee shop all day or taking meetings and things like that? Yeah, a lot of meetings. Um, One of the unique things that I love about my shop is that I have, um, I used to only have one communal table because I want community to be found there. That's a really big reason why it's called Found Coffee. And I okay. saw that that communal table was such a big hit with the community. And so I actually added yeah. a second one. And I loved seeing, um, we actually had, before the pandemic, uh, there was a group of men who used to call themselves the brochal, so a, a bro social. Nice. <laughs> and <laughs> the brochal will meet every Thursday. And it was like, you know, six to 10 individuals that would come and meet, you know, make make a, their... Uh, that communal table, their home. And so, uh, and then you would see people working on, on scripts and doing laptop work and 
Yeah. All of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. It's very cool. I, um, I, I grew up in New York City and there was no coffee culture in New York back in the yeah. 70s and 80s and 90s when I was growing up there, right? Coffee culture in New York was, you know, the little blue and white paper cups that have the Greek right. uh, printing on them that you got from the, the bodega down at the corner. Um, right. And I remember traveling to Paris uh, back in 19, no, it was around 2000. And that was the first time I experienced what it was like to have a, a real cafe kind of mm-hmm. world where, you know, it was part of the day intentionally to go sit out with a cup of coffee, people watch or do whatever you wanted to do. And it changed my... Yeah, that's something that I miss. Yeah, it it changed my outlook on on the world, right? Because when I started to be home all the time, I made sure I spent days, whether it was sitting out at Starbucks, you know, or finding, we, we have a couple of small independent coffee houses here in the South Bay area where I live, Mm -hmm. but it's mostly the bigger chains, right? uh, You know, Starbucks, Pete's. Um, For me, we have a smaller chain here, uh, Clatch. Oh yes. Yes. I know Clatch. Uh Uh-huh. And so, uh, but it's always nice to go find one of those places, sit down, and then just be able to work in that environment. Um, and right. uh, I'm glad that this country has started to take on more of that culture, though I somehow it's probably against our work ethic, you know, because as Americans, <laughs> it's like going to the, go into the office and focus for, for 10 right. hours a day. Um, so you had to close inside service for the pandemic, I assume, right? Because pretty much everything did. Correct. You- yeah, you know, and and just to go to a point of what you're saying, I I used to think before I owned a coffee shop, and actually the first few years of owning the coffee shop, I was wondering like, do people even work in LA? How do they even yeah. like, you know? Yeah. It's <laughs> How very do they true. Have the, the time to go to a coffee shop. But you know, I've noticed that a lot of people find their most um productive hours actually in a in the coffee shop. And so that was yeah. um really heartwarming to me, you know, that I was able to provide that space. And so when the pandemic hit, uh, we had to, you know, get rid of all seating, we had to get rid of um ceramic for here cups and mugs. Um, so my paper goods, you know, that cost definitely skyrocketed and it was interesting, uh, throughout the pandemic, uh, a lot of paper goods actually, um, were out of stock or short in the country. And so we would not have certain supplies. Yes. In the early, in the early days, they were very personal paper goods, right? (laughs) Yeah. Like for us, it was like, you know, those drink carrier trays, the four cup carrier trays, I could not mm-hmm. find those for the life of me for a few weeks. And it's because they were short everywhere. And so these are certain challenges that we did not anticipate, you know, um, but the whole yeah. country was dealing with it. Um, did the, I mean, obviously the business had to shift to more of a takeout kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. How did that work out for you? Did you, what was the percentage of business drop off? really dramatic and stay that way for a long time? So um, in March 2020, when we got the first lockdown orders, I I looked back at our sales and we were 20 to 30% of normal sales. It was rough. Oh, it was so okay. rough. And okay. for us, like, you know, I had to scale back on so many things. I had to scale back on how many pastries we got every day, you know, 
um, yeah. stuff like that. Uh, I had to scale back on my on my team's hours, my staff's uh, payroll hours, and yeah. Uh, thankfully, coffee is still a takeaway culture for certain people, and so um, I didn't have to adapt too much in that sense. But it it was a loss in the sense that we didn't have a, a bustling. Um, busy, buzzing coffee shop, you know, um, and yeah. yeah, and that was sad. That was definitely really, really sad. And I think by the time it came to be around like May, June, start things started picking up again, and then come you know November, December, when the cases were super high, it it dropped again. Yeah, and so a lot of people were staying yeah. home and. And so I actually made the pretty difficult decision um, just to save on costs and to give my team a break because uh, the majority of my team stayed uh, employed, you know, throughout the whole thing. We actually closed for two weeks for a holiday, for a Christmas holiday. And I had never done that in the past. Okay. And uh, it was really, it was a hard decision, but I also felt like I was protecting my team too. You know, while the cases were so high, yeah. I didn't want them to be exposed. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it you know, numbers in terms of sales have not um, reverted back to normal. Uh, people are, it's still slower than normal, but I'm still very thankful that we've survived the last year. And the fact that we're still open is um, a major blessing. Yes, yes. Were you able to do any kind of like outdoor seating or that kind of thing as a compensation for some of the inside space you lost? Unfortunately for us, we don't have an outdoor seating area. We only have like a parking lot. And I am just a little bit weary to to barricade off a spot because our our lot, a lot of people use that as a thoroughfare. And I don't like, okay. you know, I just don't want that liability of what if someone gets hurt. I also, it's on the responsibility of the business owner and not the landlord in my lease to, um, to provide that kind of stuff. And so I didn't want to invest okay. into expensive barriers if it was going to be temporary. So, you know, I haven't done it yet. And, and uh, the majority of the people have not asked for it. And so I'm, I'm still holding off. Okay. Did you get involved with any of like delivery services? Did you start delivering coffee to people or is it still mostly a takeout? I personally did it for my friends, <laughs> but uh, okay. I didn't uh, <laughs> sign up for anything like DoorDash or anything like that because they just take such a huge percentage. And with coffee, there's not that much yeah. margin anyway. And so for me, it's it wasn't worth it. Okay. How's, how's your family holding up through all of this um, over the course of the last year? So for me, um, I'm single, but you know, I have elderly parents and uh, I was just so grateful that they were uh, fully vaccinated about a, a month ago. And so okay. that was just a huge relief. Um, and then I was the last one in my team to get fully vaccinated. So my entire team is fully vaccinated now. Um, my parents are retired and so they don't have uh, a workplace to go to. But, you know, in their early years of retirement, my mom was going to like an art class, you know, three times a week and that had to be halted. And so yeah. I feel like socially our yeah. older population, it's really hard on them. Uh, yes. Um, my dad was in an assisted living facility through mm. most of this. Unfortunately, he passed away while he was there. And oh my goodness, what so made sorry. it all the more difficult. Oh, thank you. 
uh, what made it all the more difficult was we hadn't been able to actually get in to see him in like six months because of the the pandemic. And uh, just getting having the ability to communicate with him was difficult because he wasn't able to really use a cell phone very well. So we, we couldn't just talk whatever we wanted to. It had to be a nurse helping him out. Um, so yeah, it was really difficult um, having that kind of isolation and that separation for so long. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I know it's uh, thankfully, you know, my parents were part of my pod. Like I didn't have much of a pod, you know, in the beginning, yeah. it was like my parents and my older sister and that was pretty much it. And so I was able to see them, but I did see that not them, not seeing their friends mm-hmm. was taking a toll on them. Oh, sure. I'll bet. You know? And so, and then same for me too. Like in the beginning, I wanted to make sure that my staff was um, making a livable wage. And so I took myself off the schedule completely for about the first month. I would still obviously go in, but because we didn't know what was going on with the pandemic and I have asthma, I just, I, I was pretty isolated, you know? And so I that was a scary anxious time because you just didn't know there was like yeah nothing happening yeah. and everything happening you know and i think as a small yeah. business owner what also was um frustrating at the time was that like we would get uh notices from the government at the same time as everyone else and it was at the drop of a hat and we were we were expected yeah. to change protocol within two seconds I remember when we got our first like health order from the health department, it was 17 pages long. And I was like, I'm not implementing this in 24 hours, guys. <laughs> like 17 <laughs> pages. This That's is amazing. crazy. So, you know, so for me, it was let's continue uh, full steam as, as we're able, but in the safest yeah. way possible, you know? What was the public like through all of this? Um, your customers coming in, you deal with a lot of people coming back and forth through a business like this. Uh, were they all mass compliant? Were, was everybody doing the social distancing and doing the right thing? Did you have any cases of people who felt, you know, the need not to behave? We, uh, you know, we are very, very fortunate because our community here is very caring and concerned about the other. Um, Of course, you have the, you know, one or two non-compliant people, but the majority of my customers are regulars. And so they know the rules, which is great. Um, But I definitely had to, I became like a shop of signs. Like I had to be like, you know, do not sit here, you know, please yeah. use your passcode for your Apple pay, you know, like things that yeah. people weren't remembering, you know, and they would order by bringing their mask down. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, that's not the point guys. Like, <laughs> like let's yeah. just have the mask yeah. on the whole time. Um, and yeah. when we had to yep. restrict occupancy inside the shop, it was like three customers at a time. And so that was um, definitely harder okay. to manage because it was like the flow was different. Um, but yeah. come January of this year, of 2021, we decided to uh, not allow customers inside. Um, and we just took orders at the door just to shield, safe shield okay. everyone again. Yeah. So lots of changes, lots of changes. But hey, it's getting better 
right? We're, you know, I, I got my second shot this past Saturday. Now everybody in my house, except for my son who gets his second shot tomorrow is fully vaccinated. Awesome. Um, what's, what's the next six months uh, feel like for you? You know, I was looking at that question when you sent it in the email and my first reaction yeah. is, I don't know. <laughs> like I just, I don't know because um, I see that there are cases rising, you know, like I have a fr- few friends that are doctors and so they're saying like hospitalizations are, get, are actually increasing for the first time in two months. Yeah. So for me, you know, I'm doing what I need to do slowly and methodically and as sensibly as I can. So my first step is um, extending our hours slightly, you know, starting next week. And then come May, then then we'll open up for people to come in and order again since it's going to be hot, you know, outside. Um, Right. And then do I think that we're going to have seating inside? I don't know because, you know, 25% capacity at my shop is like three people. Is that worth it? Probably not. Right. You know? Right. So uh, I yeah. think take out continuously, obviously, which is, I'm so thankful that we can. Um, and I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I hope that we go, we are, you know, zero cases at the end of six months, but uh, I just don't know. Yeah. Do you, do you get a sense of what the, the, the steady state will be? Let's say we get back to a world where, you know, I don't know that COVID ever fully goes away, but it becomes like, the regular flu, right? We're taking a shot every uh, every year. It keeps the majority of people from getting seriously sick. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I personally have kind of felt like a lot of the precautions we've done over the course of the last year were about protecting the hospitals from mm-hmm. reaching overflow, right? Um, right? And so we get it under control. What is What's the new normal look like? For you and your business, do you think? You know, I had to streamline business operations so much last year. And it made me rethink how to run my business. And as much as I want to extend hours, you know, late into the night, I mean, we're cl- we closed at 6 p.m. prior to pandemic. I don't see yeah. myself ever opening up past 4 p.m. ever again. Um, okay. You know, and it's, it's, it's made me think think smartly for the shop in terms of fiscal responsibility as a business owner while still, you know, providing the hours for my team. Um, You know, but it's... uh, Okay. I do think that we will have a bustling coffee shop again. I think it's probably going to be 2022. Um, When when the pandemic started, I was like, I don't think we're going to go back to... You know, I think this is going to be 18 months of this, you know? And okay. 18 months is like, okay. what, end of this year, right? So uh, I do yeah. think that we will go back to a bustling coffee shop. I really crave it. I just personally, I have to do undo some of my anxieties that have yeah. you know, been onset because of the pandemic. Sure. No, I understand that. Um, I, I'm, I'm waiting for that first time of going in and sitting down inside a restaurant again. And actually coming into contact with people without having a mask on again and and right. have all of these anxieties built up in the back of my head about, well, what's that really going to feel like? Am I going to be comfortable right. doing it? So, yeah, it's it's a different world now than it used to be. You know, I I hugged a fully vaccinated person when I was fully vaccinated and it was like so glorious. 
And I just, yeah. I think that's what's been lost is like this human touch and this human connection. Yeah. And yeah. that's what I really look forward to. I hope that that's the new normal, you know, yes. human connection. Yeah, so do I. It it sounds it sounds a little strange when I say it out loud, but I actually miss shaking hands with people. You know, just that yeah. contact um, is something I hope comes back. I agree with that. How how can we plug your business? Oh, um, so I mainly update our Instagram, and so our Instagram okay. uh, handle is at Found Coffee L A. And I will post um, different pop-ups and, uh, you know, do announcements there. And so. Cool. And um, you just had a party for the sixth anniversary. How did that go? That was great. You know, we had a lot of people coming through that we haven't seen in a while. And it felt uh, very busy, very full. It was great to see a lot of faces, even though they're all under masks. Yes. Very cool. Annie, thank you for taking the time out to talk to me today. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me.